Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Wake that ass up. In the morning. The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee, NV is not here. NV, he's actually out the country, but we got family in the building, man. Uh, the brothers from Earn Your Leisure, Rashad and Troy, yeah, and the master yeah. investor, Ian Dunlap, is here. What's happening, my people? What's, What's happening? going on, doing? brother? Man, Long time no see. I know, right? <laughs> I just want to say, <laughs> Ian Dunlap looks official. Ian always come official. When did Ian not look official? I'm just saying. He's on his Ian St. Patrick today. Ian don't got no regular clothes. Nothing but suits. You got to dress how you want to be addressed. That's what he sleeps That's a fact. You heard what he said? No, that's real. Say it again. You got to dress how you want to be addressed. That's real. I heard that. So why is you dressed how you want to be addressed? Just how I want to be addressed. <laughs> <laughs> you have a mom? Like moms? Yeah, 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 she's moms on the, it. The, the tea and coffee connoisseur she is. Yeah. <laughs> you got the lumberjack thing going on. Well, that's what I'm blessed oh, with. But uh, Market Mondays, man. Tell yes. us about that yeah. uh, at the Hulu Theater Madison Square Garden on November 27th. Yes, yes. So 
it's really, really big. Not not only just, you know, we're doing a show in Madison Square Garden on uh, Black Friday weekend. That's obviously tremendously important for the city and for the culture. But I think that it just speaks volumes of where we're at right now, mm-hmm. where we can sell out a venue like, you know, MSG Hulu Theater, and we're not rapping, we're not playing basketball, we're teaching about financial literacy, but it's a vibe. So, you know, it's something that's extremely encouraging and really, really dope to see so many people enthusiastic about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's going to be a night to remember. I actually want to say something, if, if I can, a surprise that we're going to break. Yeah, Let's break. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. So, nobody's heard this news before. This is, this okay. is, save this for this, this moment. So, okay. so, all right, so our shows are vibes. You guys know. You've been to Investor. Education and Oh, vibes. you haven't been I to a show yet? No, I don't think so. You yeah. gotta come, brother. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. it was yeah. insane. We couldn't even walk down the hallway. Yeah, this is true. But that's because Steve Harvey was there. And they were there. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of Steve, Jesus Christ. Steve was there because of them. Yeah. He's, our, he's our partner. They were Angela. like, no one could go in the hallway right now. <laughs> I was back there with Rashad's mom. <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, yeah. but so so for Madison Square, we got a dope lineup. We got my guy Mouse Jones to open it up with trap Mouse. karaoke. Oh, yes. We got DJ karaoke. Sus one uh, on the one and twos. Sussy in the city. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Sussy. 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 That's the home team. So, so we, we got we got we got Peter Tuckman. We call him, he's the Einstein of Wall Street. The guy's been on Wall Street for like thirty years. He's a he's yeah. a genius when it comes to stock investing. We got Don Peebles, who's a billionaire yeah, real estate like developer, him. working on building the, the first black. Um, own skyscraper in New York City, and then uh, we got our guy Jada Kiss to perform. I thought it would be only right to have Jada Kiss in the building. We got to. And then, um, you know, Ian is gonna give his his masterful performance. Yeah. But you're gonna perform too. No, I'm, I'm going to I'm teach. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> but no, I, I try to make sure in the education that it is entertaining because mm-hmm. we've all been to seminars and it's really boring. Mm-hmm. So I'll be covering the 25 stocks to invest in and 50 to stay away from. The two crypto I like, the 10 to stay away from, and how to make 22000 a day from trading. But I have to make some calls. we got a little special guest coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to have a sit-down conversation with the none legendary. other than the champ, Floyd Money Mayweather. Wow. Be in the it's, building. It's Isn't he invested in skyscrapers too yep, in New York? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, think, great investor. I, I think that's one of the things people yeah. overlook, right? They, they see him, you know, spending money, but they don't realize what he's doing in business. So the commercial, commercial real estate is something. He's also invested in NASCAR. He has a lot. His portfolio is so expansive, yeah. but people tend to overlook that. And so to sit down with him to go over that. And I feel like he's wanted to talk about it for so long. Right. But people just, you know, they just want to hear boxing. But like now nah, he has a great mind and a great business. When he got so, the tallest bu- building in New York, he's I think. part of the yeah, ninety the, the ninety three story uh, Vanderbilt in yeah, Midtown. Yeah. You know, so his, his portfolio he has that under his portfolio. But there's like eight other skyscrapers in New York that nobody even thinks of mm-hmm. Floyd, Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather when they think of it. But he's definitely part of it. And he wow. changed the game for sports too. He's the first guy to make a hundred million dollars in one fight, mm-hmm. two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Like you know, the way he he revolutionized boxing and and be, being his own. You know, entity as, as a business, as opposed to you know everybody else that's working with promoters for such a long period of time, and him and Al Heyman, what they've been able to do on the business mm-hmm. side, I don't think he gets enough credit for it. And he has an all-black team too. That's mm-hmm. right. When you look at Al Heyman, when you look at Leonard Ellerby, um, you know, I don't think Floyd actually gets enough credit for his I business agree. acumen. So to have a conversation with Champ at Madison Square Garden is going to be legendary. That's yeah. a huge deal, and I'm yeah. sure he had some fights there too. Yeah. So I, for him to go there in a different type of um, light. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, you think of the greatest fights in in, in the Masters of the Garden. Obviously, you think Ali Frazier. You think mm-hmm. about all the great heavyweights that have come there. 
to have this the, probably one of the greatest of all time come, but not actually sparring. He's actually going to be talking about business. I think it's just something that's monumental. Mayweather and Jadakiss, boy, two champs the from champs. the two champs, <laughs> definitely two champs. He's going to bring them out. <laughs> I, I wonder what 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 has more impact for y'all nowadays? Is it the the podcast or the live shows? Because y'all killing with the live shows. Like you did the Garden, y'all sold out. London yeah, with Invest yeah, Fest, like yeah. you know, you had twelve thousand in Atlanta. Fourteen, fourteen. Four, I'm sorry, fourteen, 14 thousand in Atlanta. 000, How many yeah. in London? Four, uh, about four thousand. Four thousand. Like, what's having more impact for y'all now? I, 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 if I can speak freely, I think a combination of both. Okay. Uh, of course, they built one of the biggest podcasts in, in, in history, but I think when you get a chance to talk to people in person, it's one thing that I've prided myself on, and they have as well as like making time for the people, mm-hmm. interacting shaking hands and, and kissing babies. So I think it's a combination of both that you need to do in order to have a sustainable model for the long term. And mm-hmm. he's changed the game, too. I want to give him his credit because you, he he changed the game as far as, like, performing. So when I say he's performing, I really mean he's performing. Like, he came to InvestFest with 200 people on stage and a mask and yeah. smoke, and he was asking for all of this stuff, and I'm like, yo, yeah. bro, you bugging out. But then I realized, <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't you forget the tank? Don't forget yeah. the tank. He wanted the tank. Want so guns. He wanted guns and everything. I'm a wrestling fan. Okay. So I wanted to do some of the DX. I saw you do this thing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have those kind of themes in there. Because when we go to seminars, normally they're, I've never heard anybody say, I went to a seminar and man, I had a blast. You may learn something. So taking those elements from rap, Wu-Tang, Pac, WWE, WCW, and blending them all in, plus teaching you how to make money, I think is a formula. Because Born is always uh, is going to push our people away. And if we want our people to be interested in money, investing, we have to package it in an entertaining fashion. Mm-hmm. Now, since you guys are here, you know we got to talk about some things. And we, <laughs> oh, yeah. We, oh, God, here she we go. go. Here she go. Here but she this go. is finance. This is your field because y'all right. just brought up crypto. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yes. Right? FTX, and, FTX. Yes. So I want to talk about that for you to break that down because the other day we reported this. Um, this guy basically lost um, his $15.6 billion fortune, mm-hmm. Sam Bakeman free mm-hmm. yep. And so how did that happen? And does that mean, because I know we sat up here and talked about it, people are already scared of crypto. I know Envy was like, I'm glad I didn't invest. <laughs> That's funny. You know, and I know, Charlamagne, you haven't invested in crypto either, right? No, but I, I mean, I, I believe in crypto. I just don't think that all of these different currencies are going to sustain. What do like, you believe in? Um, I mean, Bitcoin seemed yeah. like the most... Stable Ethereum. one, smart, yeah. Yeah. smart. All right, so let's talk about that and what that actually means because it did, it did make a lot of people be like, "See, I told you, that's why mm-hmm. I didn't do it." Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we'll the, just go the, down the line with it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the most important thing is, and I said this yesterday on the show, if you bring a cryptocurrency token up to your family and friends, my litmus test is always my mom, dad, and and elders, and mm. I ask them, "Does this sound like a scam to you?" So if I'm telling you that I have a token and this went up nine thousand percent or three thousand percent. Most of our family are going to say, hey, it's a scam. Another good litmus test, if I brought it to you, would you buy it from me? So I think one of the biggest issues that we have is that we are looking for sensational gains with no work. And everyone knows in here, you can't get 7,000%, 5,000% return without working. Mm-hmm. And what he was able to do is he was able to get, and we have to talk about the venture capital community. They're the ones who are funding a lot of these projects that are going belly up. So we have to start from the top down. But... I don't want to say it was a scam from the beginning, but anyone who's been close to the situation, whenever you take clients' money and you put it towards your project because you're losing money, that is fraud. Yeah. yeah. So, Damn. so and, and to give people a full um, explanation of what actually happened, so 
Sam, he had an exchange called FTX, mm -hmm. and they have a currency called FTT. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you're familiar with the crypto world, Binance, you ever heard of Binance? Binance. Yeah. Yeah, so Binance is like the largest global um, platform when it comes to crypto, and they have a Binance coin. Mm -hmm. So FTT was the native currency mm -hmm. for FTX. So what ended up happening is that a report was published that um, FTX held a suspicious amount of FTT currency from their competitor and it it, it made <laughs> it made um binance who actually had a lot of ftt coins publicly announced that they were going to be selling their ftt coins because mm -hmm. they wasn't comfortable with the situation so binance kind of ruined them so so once binance put that out everybody got scared everybody thought that this, this coin is going to fall apart so now you got to run on the bank and everybody's trying to pull it, their coins out there wasn't enough liquidity to cover everybody trying to pull their money out. Yeah, yeah. So when that happened, that collapsed the coin overnight, which collapsed the exchange overnight, which collapsed his fortune overnight. He lost $14.6 billion in one day. So Damn. Yeah, so, yeah. so it, that, the other part is like knowing who your competition is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you said Binance, right? Yeah. So in, in retrospect, Binance saw that they were going to collapse and said, hey, maybe we'll bail you out. Yeah. But in order to bail you out, we have to see your books. If we know cryptocurrency in the space, there is no regulation, so people don't have to show their books. Mm -hmm. But in order for me to help you, I need to see it. When they looked at the numbers, they said, wait, there's no liquidity here. I'm not doing this, right? And so now you've shown your competition the books. Right, and now they're like, let's destroy you. <laughs> and now, with the, the letter of intent. With the letter of intent, part. right? So it's One like, we're gonna do, we're gonna do it on, on top. Destroy it completely. Exactly, <laughs> we, we, we might help you, but now that you've shown us that what you have, nah, well, there's no way we're gonna help you. And so now, you're talking about an exchange that is now going. Yeah. And now the founder of Binance is like, all right, well, let's rebuild this. <laughs> yeah, it's like billions. Yo, conquer. Yeah. In real life. Destroying conquer. A Netflix documentary and billions in real time. But also, too, look at the arrogance of Sam at 30 to tell other investors, we don't want to work with you. They had no board of directors. Mm -hmm. And when people asked to see the financials, they said no. Wow. That's sign number one that... Is a problem. Yes. Could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, what does it do for, for crypto long term? I, like you said, a lot of people have fear around it. I think regulation comes. I don't know Absolutely. how fast it comes, but it will come because people are not going to stand to see money being lost. Obviously, mm -hmm. hedge funds and managers have lost money, but jet people have lost money. And the more people lose money and, and big wigs lose money, regulation will come at some point to say, all right, this can't happen again. Ian, but won't regulation scare money? people too, though? Because aren't, isn't one of the reasons people like Bitcoin is because it's not regulated? But I think. Going into this oh, crypto, I mean. election cycle, one of the biggest things that they're going to run is the safety of the people. Mm -hmm. In 2008 and 2009, regulations got yeah. a lot tighter. So as a result, they're going to angle it and say, and I've told people from the beginning, hedge funds and banks have put people in these crypto projects to destroy them so that the banks could then take them over. Mm -hmm. JP Morgan's been partnering with Ethereum. This destruction of FTX's plan. So regulation may push people away for a little bit, but it will create safety. Ian, are you holding on to your crypto? I'm holding on to Bitcoin and Ethereum. I like okay. Ripple as well, but outside of that, I'm not touching. I mean, I, I told people last year when it was at 60,000, Bitcoin was going to come down to 20. We're a little bit underneath that. Um, I think Ethereum is going to hit a, a low. I think Bitcoin may actually hit maybe 9,583. Mm -hmm. um, that's a price where I'm looking to add some more considerably. So you, you think it's still worth buying? On sale. If you're hold, yeah, if you're holding <laughs> it long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our biggest mistake in the culture, we want to flip really fast. Mm -hmm. And I said this yesterday on the show, like, I never hear you or Steve Harvey or you ever say, hey, I'm buying these coins that no one else has heard of that everyone's talking about on Twitter mm -hmm. and Instagram. 
if these coins and projects are viable, everybody in the industry would be pouring their money into them. Right. Sometimes you just have to find follow the people that are doing really well and mimic what they're doing to have long-term success. But I'm only really focused on the big three. Now, do you think Sam can come back from this? Yeah, he's done. <laughs> Damn. <I'll go laughs> he's done. Yeah. Well, where is he going to get money from? Okay, let's look at it like Damn. this. He has the entire financial industry against him. He ruined crypto. When you take, so he ran Alameda Research, which is their hedge fund. When you take money from clients and move it over here, mm -hmm. not legal, and in every, this is the biggest point, in every recession and scandal, you need a fall guy. He is going to end up being the Mer Bernie Madoff of crypto. Damn. So with Bernie, people knew what he were doing for years. There were whistleblowers that were talking about it for five or six years. It wasn't until the recession when they really put that fire out and made him be the face of it. Bernie ran the NASDAQ mm -hmm. for many years. And they knew what was happening here with FTX and FTT. I think, unfortunately, because we're in a recession now, even though they won't announce it, uh, he'll be the fall guy for crypto. Wow. You think yeah. he can go to jail? You did say it's fraud. I I mean, we have to see. Yeah. yeah you got you got to be I'm careful. You got to be careful when you just we can't we can't just say that legally because we don't really know. It's yeah. alleged. Yeah. Um, but you just got to wait and see. Why why are valuations so important? Because I, I I'm just realizing that people don't realize when they see these numbers like oh such and such is worth three million. I mean three billion or four billion. Or you he know, lost fourteen you, billion you overnight. Know, you know what's so crazy about the Kanye? Um, your guy Yay. You know, you know, what's so crazy about that is um, the day that they announced that he lost all of his money. Mm -hmm. um, the day before that, I was in L.A. Meet Troy and 19 Keys. Shout out to Keys. And we was talking and I'm like, I have a strong suspicion that probably 90 percent or 80 percent of his wealth is in his company. I just before any of this happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking the kind of person that I think he might be. I don't really see him having a lot of money invested in stock. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said that $150 million was taken out of Chase or they told him that they didn't want his money. So that probably has like $150 million mm -hmm. liquid in a bank account. And then he'll probably have some real estate. And I think he owns like 5% of skims. And that would probably lead you to have $400 million. Mm -hmm. But then it's like when you see billions of dollars, that billions of dollars is a little misleading mm -hmm. because yeah. it doesn't have billions of dollars. That's the value of his company. Mm -hmm. And if you own 100% of the brand, then if the brand is worth $5 billion, then, you know, that's how much you're worth, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a car. If you have no money in, in this world and you have a Rolls Royce that's worth $200,000, yeah. then you're worth $200,000. Yeah. But if the Rolls Royce gets stolen, now you have no net worth mm -hmm. at all. So that's what people have to really understand with this net worth list is that a lot of times they see things and they say, okay, this person is worth $4 billion, but it's like, what is that tied to? If that's just in one company... And that one company can go away like mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. whether it's Sam Bankman Freed or whether it's Ye, then that's dangerous because it's not diversified. So it's all an education process. But I think that this, at the very least, has been educational mm -hmm. to a lot of people because they're like, how can you lose $2 billion in one day? How can you yeah, lose $14 yeah, billion yeah. in one day? Well, that's why, because all of your money is inside of your company. I was just going to say the valuation part is like the future profitability of the company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? And depending on what type of company you have, the valuation can change, right? And so if it's like a tech company, they may say, all right, the company's worth $100 million. Like we, we saw that with uh, Face Clan, right? They they earned $100 million, mm -hmm. but they got a 10x multiple. And so now that 10x multiple now makes them a billion dollar company. Mm -hmm. And so it's usually around the future profitability of it. So like when, with Ye, like 
obviously he has a retail company. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the projections on retail companies? What type of valuations do they get? That's the homework that you got to do when you're in that business. So education has its own multiple, right? It could be 4X, it could be 8X. So when you take your earnings, right, and you multiply it by that number, that's how you get the future valuation of a company. That's how you become a billion-dollar company. So what's the point of that? Is it, is it just vanity? Just to be able to say, hey, I'm worth a few billion? In, in business or in general? Just in general. Both, I, both. Actually. I mean, for projections so you can eventually sell it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so th- that's the, the main reason that, that they have valuations and mm-hmm. projections. Because even the venture community, if you build up a sector, the, the purpose of that is to take it. We talked to Dave Rubenstein yesterday. Mm-hmm. You want to take a business, build it up, and then eventually – um, sell it off, so that, that's the reason behind it. So it's not vanity per se, and I understand Ye was upset because Forbes wouldn't label him as a billionaire, right. but that goes back to relationship. One of the things we was talking about yesterday is you have to be very careful who you make enemies with um, because you don't know who can end up being the assassin mm-hmm. in your career, and that's something you talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. We have to be mindful. But in this recession, like, what do you guys personally invested in, and then I want to talk to you about how do you keep peace during times of strife because i know you've been big on mental health every time i ask you how you doing you're like blessed and highly favored I'm blessed like, black and highly day? favored <laughs> every day. I mean, not every day but for the <laughs> most part you know the top line you know but i want to say something too about um pinky because y'all had shout out was that episode pre-recorded you, you spoke about this pinky? morning Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I actually hosted her book launch. Yes, oh, her amazing. you know her book is coming out, and she just started bitch. her book tour in New York. So yeah. I hosted that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, shout out to Pinky. We had her on a few times, mm-hmm. and we had her at Invest Fest. But to answer your question, it's an important question. So I really wanted to double down on that because that's something that our community is not fully aware of as mm-hmm. far as valuations, the importance of raising capital. So she raised a hundred. She raised twenty five million. Twenty five million yep. for twenty five percent of her company, which valued the company at a hundred million. Right, because it's like okay, now if somebody's giving you twenty five million for twenty five percent, that means your company's worth a hundred million. Mm-hmm. So even understanding the importance of raising money, because mm-hmm. it's like we have never raised any money. We've bootstrapped everything, and people have asked us like, "Do we want money?" I'm like, "No, we we always have took the stance that we don't need money." Yeah. But now being properly educated, I wasn't properly educated on mm-hmm. that process. So it's like the circles that we're moving in now is a lot different. So they're educating us like, "Nah, it's not necessarily that you need money." But now you get outside capital for a small percent of your company, and that gives you a 10x or 20x valuation. Now you're in a position to sell even more, sell the whole company, take the company public. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so much that you can do with the leverage. And that's something that we don't fully understand because it's like we're used to just, you know, pay everything ourselves, do it Mm -hmm. ourselves, da da da. You take pride in that, and there is pride in that. But there's a whole different game where these people are building billion dollar companies, Mm -hmm. and the companies are not even. That big, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, like it's yeah. like right now, like like you would think, like okay, in order to have a billion dollar company, you gotta do so much. Nah, not really. You yeah. just have to have the right relationships, the right information, and then it's like okay, you can go outside right now, raise a hundred million dollars for ten percent of your company. Now you have a billion dollar valuation. I'm glad you said because I was just talking about that. I had the CEO of Shea Moisture on and you know they invest in a lot of black owned businesses, black and brown owned businesses and with my coffee company I've always paid for everything myself. I have never raised money and so now we're in the process of getting ready to do that and sometimes people are really hesitant to give up a piece of their company in order to get you know some capital but if you do want to scale and grow your business and also like what Pinky was saying, some things you just don't know. 
And so that might mean I got to bring in some experts because I also care about who invests in my company. Some people are okay with taking money and they just want a silent investor who has nothing to do with it. But I do want somebody that is going to actually add value. And so, you know, the importance of having somebody who is an accountant, you can't do everything as a business owner. Sometimes you do have to have a team of people that help you because there's no way you're going to grow your business if you're everything. For her to have nine locations, there's no way she could be in nine locations and handling the books and trying to grow a business and having merch and having products in store and doing and having a book tour and raising two kids and yeah. getting that's a lot of things tough. Yeah. and so that's you know fun. sometimes you do need to make sure look i need this money to help grow my business and make sure that it's really profitable and yeah. grow faster right because mm-hmm. now you can you can hire 10 employees right. you can hire uh publicists you can hire so many different people <clears throat> so that's important for all entrepreneurs to understand yeah. that it, it's not necessarily a bad thing when you're raising money just do it like you said intelligently from the right people but if, if you can grow at, at a 10x multiple and grow faster and hire more talented people than you currently have and gain the information, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's the next level that we're not really talking about a lot. Yeah, in our I, think, I think y'all both said it. One of the most important things is the exposure. Right? How would you know that if you weren't in the right room? Or right, you I would never. You, would never, you, you would always even, think, I don't want to owe anybody exactly. any money. I don't want to give up a piece of my company. Yeah, but that's but, mindset, right? Yeah. So the, the, the mindset changes when you're exposed to more things, right? And so when we get exposed to people who are in private equity and they're telling us this, it's like, wait, we had the wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. But we're telling people right now, like, we had the wrong mindset. Yeah. That's changing now, right? Because if we're looking at ourselves, especially from an infrastructural standpoint, like, we look at ourselves as a global entity, yeah. right? So that's why you see us in London. That's why you saw us in Nigeria. That's why you saw us in Egypt. That's why mm-hmm. we're going to the, the uh, UAE in, uh, well, later on today. Later but on, yeah. Today? Slight yeah. flex. Oh, um, man. <laughs> no, but that's we were going to cancel this, but I felt, <laughs> But okay. it's, it's important. How do we do that, right? Capital helps us do that. Capital <laughs> helps us build infrastructure. It helps us put people on the ground in these places so that Earn Your Leisure is not just an American brand. It's a global yeah. brand because the issues that happen in the United States happen all over the world and the people on the ground actually have a in-depth look at what's taking place so they can actually invoke change. So that's why it's important to build infrastructure but being exposed to information is, is vitally important. Where did this stupid ass narrative come from that you have to own everything and put up your own money. It's People like yo, every company yeah. that get, every company when, that gets to scale. Yeah. When you grow up in an environment yeah. when you don't own anything, the second that you actually create something, you hoard even it, look right? even with publishing in the music business, yeah. people will be like, "Own oh, your own publishing, don't do this." But you see artists selling their publishing because they get a huge check right now the that they're able to invest yeah. in other things for that money to grow. There's two sets of information. Mm-hmm. The information that we're usually given versus the sets of information that the wealthy use. That information doesn't trickle. So even when we're talking about infinite scale, we have to look at that. Like, imagine if Rockefeller, Murder, Inc., Cash Money in the 90s knew how to invest (laughs) in the marketplace. They would have been one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. So the valuation game now is like knowing stocks in the 1990s. I don't want it to be 2040, and our community is now just getting this information. So if we know how to do stocks, real estate, grow business, do business together. And it's the main thing I talk to people in the culture. I'm like, if all of us came together for one project with all of our voices, talent, infrastructure, all the knowledge that we have, and like you talked about, we can raise capital. We can be worth $15, $20 billion in two or three years. Mm -hmm. But it's the ego that usually stops us from doing so. But there's usually two sets of information that is given. Like even, even with authors, you know this, most authors who are talking about their seven steps to do X, Y, Z, they don't do those seven steps. Like even um, How to Make Money in 30 Days in, in Real Estate. One of the original guys who wrote that book, my mentor, helped craft that book. It was not true on how he was actually implementing. And that's when I learned. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, 
They'll mm-hmm. sell you a piece of information, but that's not actually what they're implementing. Like I look at somebody like Bob Johnson. That's still the largest black acquisition, I believe, ever. Right, mm-hmm. three three billion dollars when he sold BET. Viacom. Viacom. Yeah, yeah, but he did that initially. He went and got somebody to help him get the scale. And he and he brought the Bobcats. So yep. That's another thing yeah. too. It's like you know people criticize Irv Gotti, and we interviewed him. That's coming out soon on Black Effect Podcast Network. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, but he spoke about you know why he sold his company for a hundred million dollars and is to do something else. So it's like. So when? Even Richie Lou Dennis from Shea Moisture. Well, yeah, exactly. He's a genius. He's a genius. Elon Musk sold, people forget, Elon Musk sold PayPal for $300 million. That's right. And then he went broke starting SpaceX, Tesla. Now he's almost worth a trillion dollars. So it's like a lot of times we have good intentions of like keep everything. Don't sell anything. Mm -hmm. And I understand it. Because it's like we do need ownership and we do need, you know, generational wealth and companies that we can pass down to our children. But there's also strategic plans in place yeah. as well. If they said a liquidity event, if you're getting a million dollars a year on your masters and you have an opportunity to sell it for a hundred million. Yeah, or even well, eighty. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of a no brainer, right? Yeah, if you yeah. have if you're gonna blow the money, then yeah. no. But, but if people you earn, act like it's such a bad thing, like, oh, you don't it's own ridiculous. your masters. Oh, you like, know? why would you do that? Well, well it, not only your masters is a bad thing. If you if you just come in and well you yeah not when you but when yeah. it's worth but if it's mm-hmm. worth something that you could sell it but that's the power of ownership right mm-hmm. because you can't sell what you don't own yeah. yeah Warren Buffett had like what fifty investors when he first launched yeah yeah because he went to a bunch of doctors and got like a, a certain amount of money from and, and each doctor fund, mm-hmm. and then yeah successful with that left and then started to build things on his own and then also people forget Warren owns the most real estate as well yep. like he owns a ton of commercial properties. So what I want us to do collectively is to invest long term mm-hmm. in the stock market, learn how to trade, learn how to build companies. But more importantly, we have to come together and support everyone's businesses. Because I really think I think it's a huge mistake. And the Jay situation highlights it. You can have a bunch of power. But I think if we teamed up, mm-hmm. there would be a lot more. We always talk about moats. So that's a protective mechanism around the business. Yeah, what separates you? If from you're us. doing business with people in the industry and the culture and the fan base, it's almost impossible to be canceled because your fan base and your investors will be the same group. But that one person can fuck it up. <laughs> that one person can fuck it up for everybody. And that's a question I wanted to ask y'all about. Like, is it even worth being on social media nowadays if you have a business? Because look at what was that company that just lost all of that money because somebody put out a fake tweet on oh, Twitter. Eli, oh, Eli, yeah. Eli, Eli. yeah. They were falling a little and, bit before And, that, and even yeah. Kanye. Kanye yeah. literally lost his business because of a tweet. On social well, media, well, I mean, he doubled down. He doubled down and tripled down after. I think that's that was the initial one. Yeah, 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 the Drake champs, I think, is what did it for him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think we need to be on social media to promote the business. But my thing has been like, let someone else run it. Like, I'll come up with some of the content and let them because we have to use that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't shy away from it. If I that's think during the, the pandemic, are. we really learned that a lot of businesses that didn't have an online presence, it was that hard hurt. for them to survive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you don't have an online presence, how do you how do you reach the masses at this point? Like the way that people advertise is completely different. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at companies, they're cutting back on advertised spending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a, a platform where you have low overhead to no overhead and you can get your message out to us for, you know, for, for I mean, for free, really. Mm-hmm. Right to people. I don't care if it's a thousand people. It's a thousand new people that I'm you're talking. Getting. Twitter in particular, though. Oh, well, Twitter. I, I think. I think, I think. So, wording is very important, right? And they use words to devalue things like social media. Yeah. Influencer. Influence. Social media is media. Mm-hmm. That's right. So media is extremely important, 
and how you're growing your brand or getting your voice out there. I don't think there's anything that's ever been created as powerful as social media. Mm -hmm. It's changed our lives. That's for sure. So you have to be responsible with it, though. Just same thing like a media. But when you're building your platforms, and this is important to talk about because black media is extremely important. And I had this conversation with Angela the other day. And a lot of people just think I'll have an Instagram page so I could just post anything. But you have a responsibility. You don't have just an Instagram page. You have a media outlet. Mm -hmm. And when you're posting things that's just detrimental, that's ignorant, that's reinforcing stereotypes, well, you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're not part of the solution and you're not beneficial. So when something happens and somebody gets killed, then you actually, you know, saying rest in peace is not really even sincere because you're actually contributing to the to the to the culture that is leading to young men getting killed. Mm -hmm. So this is a responsibility that people in media have to take more serious, because when you look at black media and 95 percent of it is celebrity and gossip based, then. It goes to show why we're in the situation that we're in in America, mm-hmm. where a country like China, you know, and TikTok, if you're 14 and under, that's you right. don't even yeah. get pushed. None of that's that. Right. You get That's for a reason. They understand the power of that. So a lot of times we don't fully understand the power of what we're doing because the words are so minimal. It's like our oh, influence and not a world leaders. Yeah. Very few people in the history of the world have ever had a million people that follow them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You have a million followers. You have half a million. You have 100,000 followers. You're in the top 1% in the world history. So you should take some level of responsibility or at least understand that. Mm-hmm. So that's extremely important. And it's like when growing a brand, understanding the power of social media, how to use social media is important. But it's also understanding what not to post, mm-hmm. what to say, the responsibility of who not to offend. Like, these are all things that we really have to be calculated about. We were having this conversation um, in Nashville this weekend. We were just sitting around chopping it up. And I was saying how I think that they're putting too much uh too much blame on executives in the record industry because to your point the artists are the ones making the music i don't think the executives care that much but, other than to make some paper but but if we're funding drill music at scale i'm from east chicago indiana 25 minutes from chicago if we're funding that in la chicago and new york people are going to gravitate to what pays them so i know rappers have to take responsibility but going back to the same sam bankman free conversation if, if the VCs are funding all these crypto projects and they're saying, get us the best game so we can get the best return, we have to look at the labels in the same capacity and say, you're funding the killing and when they die, you're keeping their masters and sales are going up. That would not be legal in any other industry. Yeah, I we mean, have to it, fix that. Just from an accountability standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Think about that. Like, if you know that's the case from an overarching theme, like, who's accountable for that, mm-hmm. right? Because you are structuring these deals. And you are promoting it at your game. Mm-hmm. Now you got the people who are the artists, almost like the pawns in it. Like they're gonna, they're looking at it from a standpoint like it's a a, a chance for me to make money, mm-hmm. yeah, right. But it's also a chance for to you to be a, a tremendous detriment to the community at Absolutely. the same time. So the people that are constructing these deals, right, there's got to be a certain level of accountability because you can see the long-term effects of it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why this is important. Like, even these conversations mm-hmm. and, and platforms are important because it's like, hey, this is a different viewpoint, but it's an important viewpoint. I feel, has, has it gone too far, though? Because we say drill, but drill's no different than what trap music Gangsta. was, no different than what gangster it's, rap was, it's not, it's no different. different than what 50 Cent was doing. It's different because the it's messaging is, it's progressively gotten worse. And it's so crazy because, you know, I have a son, my son, shout out to Nas, he's 11. So he was like, 
I want to go to Sugar Hill. Can you take me to Sugar Hill? Why? And when he said no, but when he said that, <laughs> see, see, <laughs> see, you just shit on drill music and Sugar Hill. Why? What is? It? I've had a bunch of people that have died. No, but the yeah. thing, the thing about Sugar Hill is that for me, AZ one of my favorite rappers of all time. Mm-hmm. So when I think of Sugar Hill, I'm thinking AZ song Sugar Hill. Mm-hmm. And when AZ made that song Sugar Hill. That movie Sugar Hill, Sugar Hill in Harlem during the Harlem Renaissance was like the crown jewel of Harlem. Mm-hmm. That was like the best block in Harlem. That's where like all of the wealthy black people lived in Sugar Hill. So yeah. that's why when AZ made that song Sugar Hill, he's from Brooklyn, but that song Sugar Hill was like a metaphor of like he wants to live the good life. And then I sit, I'm like, what do you know about Sugar Hill? And then there's a drill rapper. I don't want to mess his name up, but it's DD Osama, I think his name is. And he's like, he's from Sugar Hill. And he was like, that's like the hood. And I'm, but it's just so crazy how a narrative changes. Then I'm starting to listen to the music, and then like his friend was 14 years years old. Didi Osama's friend's 14 years old and got stabbed to death. And Didi Osama has beef with K Flock. He's 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 educating me on it. I don't know none of this. K Flock's in prison. K Flock's in in prison. prison. So I say that to say it's like this drill music is extremely powerful to young people. Mm -hmm. Like my son, 11 years old, he, he don't even know nothing about that. But the fact that he's actually so entrenched. And, and, and understanding the drill culture is like after a while, even if you're the best kid in the world, if you are constantly listening to somebody say, I'm going to smoke my ops and da 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 da, it has its effects on you. And it's like a lot of these kids are dying. Yeah. 14 years old, six, these kids are young kids. So it's yeah. like the drill music, I think, is a lot more violent. You think so? Come on, so man. Onyx, throw your guns in the air. 50 Cent, if it's beef cocking and jumping the drama, really? So when I drop by and blow your brains out? Yeah, you, like, you, you, you're naming it, but was there balance at that time? Uh, right? Like, the, 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 no, <laughs> not nah, really. So, uh, if you had Onyx, you had, you had Trap Call Quest. Right, you had you had yeah. different types of sounds. You had yeah. Jay, you had Nas, you had you had different levels of and balance. And go to era, how many dominates. rappers died from gun violence? Now it seems like every month, someone I'm, like I said, I'm from East Chicago, Indiana. There's a lot of killings that, that were happening in Chicago before a lot of Chicago rappers were popular. Also, mm-hmm. if we want to talk about generational wealth, notice that these drill environments for music are also in areas in which that banks and hedge funds want to take over that property. So when we get to gentrification, if you have a bunch of killing, a bunch of violence, at some point, legislation is usually passed, happened in Detroit, right, which you're an investor in. Mm-hmm. Like, the violence was big in Detroit, and then that got gentrified. It's happening in Chicago. It's happening here. So that kind of music is being used as a way to push us out of our communities as well. Really? Yes. Break that down, Ian. That's I mean, a- but because <laughs> if you're looking at the stats decade over decade, if we have more violence in these cities, the politicians are going to say we need to clean up the neighborhoods. And then if you clean up the neighborhoods, what do you do? You normally push the people out that are, mm-hmm. quote, causing all the problems. And then the value is being pushed up dramatically. So at no point do the drill rappers who get killed get their masters usually, their families are not taken care of, and we're losing their real estate. And then all of a sudden, we'll, of course, we'll have the, the like you said, RIP on social media, but the economics are not coming back into our households and our communities. So it is being used as a mechanism to be able to take away from so us. Y- you see Mary Eric Adams was talking about banning drill music, and there was a huge backlash. Oh, I, Which I, I, I saw him yesterday. Yeah. Let me ask, what do you think your responsibility is as you guys don't have radio programming, but you're still in radio. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is your responsibility? How do you feel about drill music? Or not just drill music, but just music in general, because it's like if you're talking about popping pills and drinking lean and smoking your ops, and what do you think your responsibility is as a, like, what do you guys feel about that? 
I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I'm 44, so I've been seeing this since the 90s, since the rise of, you know, gangster rap. So a lot of it for me was normalized until I got older and you start to be like, oh, no, you know what I mean? But for me, I think my responsibility as a personality is just to at least try to provide balance, you know, like in conversations like yeah. this mm-hmm. or even just hearing some of that stuff and being like nah yeah. bro that ain't that ain't it yeah. you know what I mean like when I heard Moneybag Yo say he's trying to find therapy in his cup you know like I'm like nah that ain't the line that we should be <laughs> champion nah yeah. you know yeah. so I mean, that's, 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 that's all I can do Angela I mean, but with as far as that, I mean, that is what really happens in rap and not. People do try to find therapy, and that's an honest thing, right? And so I do feel like... Does life, the, does life imitate art, or does art influence life? I think that art... Um, Influences life. No, I used to think no, no, that. No, no, no. I think, it I think I that... I thought that until it started being very profitable in the music industry to pretend to be something you're not. And that's why the whole movie CB4 even existed. Yeah, like, there was a lot of people that started pretending yeah. just because it was profitable well, to I do. Well, I just think it's about perspective, too, like how you're framing it. Like, if you're saying, I was trying to find therapy in my cup, but now you've realized... Mm-hmm. You know, it's because that does really happen. It doesn't even matter what field you're people in. People self-medicate. Yeah. That happens to people all the time. Sometimes people smoke weed because they don't want to think about things. They drink all the time because they're going through something. And so I don't know that that's because of music i do feel like that's a real thing but there's yeah, but there's, that's, that's that's the state of uh, where they were at at that time right, right. and i think yeah. we had that conversation the other day it was like mm-hmm. very rarely do we get to see our artists mature we don't get to see growth we don't get to see re- accountability that's responsibility right. because when they try to make that pivot it's not profitable anymore mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying and so like if i know that's the new message right mm-hmm. like i compare it to when i grew up listening to nas and then i heard life is good and i'm like wait this is different. He's talking about daughters. Yeah. He, I have a daughter. When I heard Jay on 444 Same. talking about responsibilities yeah. inside of a marriage, that's different from the guy I heard on, on Reasonable Doubt. And it was like, yo, that's growth. That's maturation. We've grown with him. Whereas mm-hmm. we don't see that. We don't get to that point. We talked about the Jeezy situation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I remember when it happened. I'm like, yo, that's growth. Yeah. Everybody was like, yo, he's a sucker for doing it. I'm like, nah, that's growth, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the dude. That's a snowman mm-hmm. who just had opposition in his face and was mature about it and left. Mm-hmm. Right, peacefully, yeah. and now you see the other part. Obviously, Gucci was like, "You know, what? I was wrong." That's also good, right. but we yeah, don't yeah. get to That's see true. it. Well, I think, like, look at little baby, somebody like him, for instance. Mm-hmm. When he, and then you see the positive things that he's doing now, even off camera. And then the song "The Bigger Picture" was huge for him. Yes. yes. And so I do feel like people, artists, do have that. I just feel like sometimes it's also experience. Like for us, we don't know better. We don't do better till we know better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is those experiences and having things happen that help you grow. Because yeah, you can yeah. tell somebody to do something, but until they have an experience yeah. that makes them look at things differently, yeah. it's hard for them to grasp that. But we have to as older people early. with experience, yeah. at least warn them what's coming. Yeah, right. yeah right, you right, can. Right. But I just think about myself. Like, you couldn't tell me what to do until something happened. And I'm like, oh, damn, I can't. You know, and it's unfortunate, but sometimes there's a lot of people that will tell you what to yeah. do. I mean, but we have to start teaching our kids earlier because mm-hmm. the core of all of this is lack of money. So even if I'm looking at artists that are promoting certain lifestyles, most of them sign bad deals. A lot of shows are not there. They're getting taken advantage of in many ways, and I think that's why these conversations are important. Thank you for having us here. Because mm-hmm. I, I truly believe if we start teaching, I started teaching my son at two how to invest and how to trade. Like, if we teach our kids early and that passes into the community, and that's why we always say on the show, like, Share the information with your friends. Because I truly believe if we can make our communities rich before the streets get to them, Mm -hmm. we will eliminate a lot of these problems. There will be no desire for drill rap if, like, we can show a 13-year-old how to code, how to trade, how Mm -hmm. to invest, build media, and now he's making $30,000, $50,000 a month. So we have to 
use our voice, information, and our light to get to them before the streets does. Because when I was growing up, all the elders would tell the kids to get off the street, but I'm like, you have no alternative for them. Mm -hmm. We have to get to them before the drug dealers in the street does. Yeah, and, and it's like one of those valuable lessons, the difference between inter entertainment and career. Yeah. Like, I, we had this conversation a few years back where it was like, we grow up thinking, like, rap is going to be our career, whereas other groups think that that's just entertainment, mm -hmm. right? Because the career is going to be in other fields. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it might be in investing, it might be in finance, it might be in education. Mm -hmm. But we only see sports and entertainment. Mm -hmm. That's why I said, like, growing up, it was like, all right, that's the only things we could aspire to be. Yeah. But now, like, especially no with having media, especially black media, that, like, people like us and people, uh, others in the space, they're showing different outlets. So mm -hmm. now the education piece, you're not gonna sign that bad deal. Or you're not looking like, yo, this is the only way to make it out. Mm -hmm. Like I just watch guys make $10,000, you know what I'm saying? Like in a year of investing. And so it changes the trajectory, right? When we when we expose them to education and change the mindset and change what they think they can be, it changes the whole community. What do you think we can do to make that cooler though? I think it's happening now. I mean, yeah, even if you now. look at the last, you look at the last decade, the three biggest rappers of the last decade ain't even on that. Kendrick. Drake, J. Cole. J. Cole. Yeah. I mean, you know, Future's probably the fourth person I would put on that yeah. that list, right? But it's like those three don't even, they're not even on that. Yeah. No, it's happening. We need more amplification. That's me and 19 Keys was talking about this. We had a live. And it's like, all right, we go to London and we sell out Royal Albert Hall, which is the most prestigious venue in Europe and one of the most prestigious venues in the world. And it's 98% black people in there. Um, that's something that needs to be amplified, not just for our own self-gratification, because it's an important message, mm -hmm. and it's a very symbolic message. Just like the MSG situation, it's very symbolic, and this needs to be championed by everybody, because it's like, all right, we talk, there's no more important issue than financial literacy mm -hmm. right now for our community, because financial literacy, like you said, it goes to health, it goes to mass incarceration, it goes to politics, it goes to everything. Yeah. So if we can get out thousands of people, whether it's InvestFest, whether it's New York, whether it's London, this is a global phenomenon. This means that people are interested. This means that the conversation is changing, but we need help. Mm -hmm. We need help amplifying that, and yeah. we need help showing that, because everybody's not aware of it. Mm -hmm. If you're not in the space, you might not have known what have happened. But it's just like how we hear the same song on the radio every day, and then we're like, okay, I know 21 Savage and Drake have an album because every outlet is posting it, yeah. and I'm hearing it every single time. So even if I'm not a 21 Savage or Drake fan, I'm at least aware of what they have going on. Mm -hmm. yeah. The same thing needs to happen when the financial literacy movement yeah. that you see is making changes, yeah. and it's happening, and we are getting you know a lot of attention. And shout out to you guys. You guys have championed us. But Always, yeah. we need we need more of it from everybody. And like I said, this is something that is extremely beneficial. And this is how we start to change the narrative. Narratives are are very very important. Mm -hmm. So instead of the narrative being the only black people, basketball players, and rappers, no, the narrative is that That's we can start media way, companies. Yeah. We can be investors. We can have trucking companies. We can we can be public speakers. Like that's a new narrative. Not to say that anything is wrong with sports and entertainment. But there has to be a balance. And the only way to create that balance is to show an alternative. Can mm -hmm. I ask you guys to get only your business since we're talking uh, about it? Here we go. Let's go. What are the plans long term for Earn Your Leisure? We know, um, tell us about the Steve Harvey situation. Do you plan to go public since we were talking about valuations? Yeah, for sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, Shotty, like, I don't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all be asking everybody else now. I want to know. Cut yeah. the lights off. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I think that um, Steve Harvey has been a great uh, relationship for us, and and that's Ooh, something. Steve. Yeah, yeah, Steve. We actually, so he invested in Earn Your Leisure. 
He did not invest in Earn Your Leisure, but okay. we did partner at, on InvestFest. Okay, so he's okay, part of the festival. Yeah, yeah he's a partner in, in InvestFest. And um, I'm sure we'll probably do a lot more things together with him as well because he's a very, you know, astute businessman and he sees the value in what we have created. So he's mm-hmm. looking to, you know, to do more things with us and we're looking to do more things with him. And as far as the brand of Earn Your Leisure, I think that, you know, we've created a, a very good a media company that can grow to become one of the top media companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal is to really grow it as big as Al Jazeera's and, and, and grow it as big as Complex or bigger. And, you know, that all encompasses live events, that encompasses content, that encompasses education, that encompasses a lot of different things that we have going. Um, and as far as the, yeah, it would be great to have it on the on the stock exchange, mm-hmm. especially since we talk about stocks so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's something that would be extremely important and another symbolic gesture for the culture yeah. to see, you know, a company that started with a couple of iPhones and you, you literally start from one follower on Instagram. Some people have been with us since we had 100 followers from day one. It started as a podcast, then goes to a podcast network, and then grows to a media company, then has live events, then has an educational component, and then, you know, has a lot of other people that are encompassed in the situation, whether it's 19 Keys, whether it's Ian, whether it's Trap. Andrew Mortgage Guy, Trap, whether yep. it's Wall Street Trap, or, yeah. you know, a lot of different people. So I think that it's a it's a great story to tell um, because it's black people working together. Yeah, It's happening in real time. It's bootstrap. Is working with our friends, all of our people that work for Earn Your Leisure, people that we grew up with. Would you put Earn Your Love under that? Earn Your Love is one hundred percent coming under the umbrella. Yeah. But think about that. <laughs> when, when, when we talk about <laughs> when we talk about a narrative, like imagine now seeing that, mm-hmm. like we we've seen companies get publicly traded, but we didn't know how they started. People yeah. literally have watched this yeah. from the dining the room in real time. Right, this is happening yeah. in real time. Right, yeah. so that's the power of media and, and I guess social media is like people have literally watched it. They've seen us on iPhones. They've mm-hmm. seen us. We told them the equipment we were using. We told them we were going to be here. We shook hands. We met all these people. We told about we told about we told about all these things. And now it's it's a narrative, but it's also a learning experience. Mm-hmm. This is like the real Nat Geo. Like you're yeah. watching us do this in real time. Yeah. And so to see a company that can go public or have a, a billion dollar valuation, yeah. it's like think about the aspiration it does for a generation of people. Yeah. Right? Like kids are looking like, yo, that was my teacher. Yo, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I used to watch him play ball. Yo, yeah. I, I remember when he was in Indiana walking the hall. Like they're watching this happen yeah. and they know the people. So it makes it completely re- relatable, but it makes it aspirational too. But also, I just want, one last thing I wanted to say that's extremely important. It's also important for us to help grow other brands as well. Yeah. So it's like we partner with Charlemagne and the Black Effect Podcast Black Network because we see the value in that and we see the value in collaboration. Mm-hmm. We partner with Revolt mm-hmm. because we see the value in Revolt. I like what they're doing over there. Shout out to Tavio and Dion and Diddy and all of that. These are things that we're not afraid to work with other people. It's like we have our thing, but it's not 100%. We have yeah. to have everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, now nah, let's put a show on Revolt. Let's have our podcast on this network. Like, yeah. this is how, as he gets bigger, we're going to get bigger. And as we get bigger, he's going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. And this is what Steve Harvey sees, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, all right, Steve Harvey is already up a couple hundred million dollars, but he sees the value in us mm-hmm. on a grassroots level and how we can help amplify his voice to a younger generation. So we're we're beneficial to him, and he's beneficial to us. So that's extremely important. I want to hammer that in. A lot of times people are too self-centered, and they're they're too concerned about what they have going on, and they don't want to work with anybody Mm -hmm. else. We have to stop doing that. The only way to go to that billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar valuation is collaboration. That's right. You never build anything by yourself. There's no such thing as self-made. 
you have to work with other people. You have to work with other brands. You have to work with other companies. You have to know how to negotiate. You have to be diplomatic. You have to be, you know, a gentleman. Like, these are all things that's extremely important. It's like the narrative of being a hot-headed businessman that's yelling at people, cursing at people. (laughs) That might real time is not working. It's not. You got to buy that 1942 for everybody. It's never worked. It's never worked. We're the only culture that does not pride ourselves in team together. Like, all the banks work together. All mm-hmm. the, like we were at the exchange, company went public. All the banks that you see warring against each other, they were all listed as partners as one. So we've teamed up and done stuff. They doing stuff with Steve, me, Alice, and Weezy teamed up. Did studio in L.A. Like the only way to create generational wealth is to build with your friends. That's right. yeah. And then we have to put ego away. And like you said, you can't be a high head and go off like that's Tupac's my favorite person. Like going back to the culture of rap, and I didn't even know back then like. Tupac was claiming blood, setting all, knowing that he didn't grow up in that. One small high headed mistake ended up costing him his life. So, like, I think we need well, to. Well, it have wasn't one, it was multiple. It was a series. Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that one in Vegas. That yeah, yeah, one yeah, 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 yeah. So, but when you have counsel and you have friends that can check you and say, hey, no, brother, you're doing this wrong, fix this here, or maybe we need to progress here. That's why I always tell everyone, let's figure out ways to team up and do more things. Like, I'll talk That's to right. Jeff, maybe five, and be like, hey, what well, we can work on. Like, we have to continue to grow because I hated that Rockefeller, Murder Inc., Rough Riders back in the day didn't do more, but now we are in a position to be that yeah. and do that kind of like cash money tour. Like this is the was, new Hard Knock Life tour. Absolutely. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, if, if Jay Z and Murder Inc., if they would have just put in $13 million in 1996, just let's say into Apple or any fund, till this day, they would be up seven and a half billion dollars and never have to release the album. I don't think they had the tools though. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I just they, they didn't have people teaching them financial literacy back yeah. then. And just even on the a, a mental, I, I, you know, I, I'm a mental health advocate, so yeah. it's just like mental and emotional health keeps you from being that angry hothead who's projecting yeah. Yeah. all your insecurities on the the other people. I don't think they had those tools back can, then. Can you give us three tips to be more peaceful? Because um, I really admire you. And Troy, every time I talk to y'all, no matter what happens, you guys are like happy. Me and Rashad working on it. My inner dame dad. Rashad always want to argue with everybody <laughs> for no reason. I mean, the biggest thing I tell people is go to therapy, number one. You know what I mean? And How do you find a good therapist, though? It's gonna take, it's a take, it, t- it takes a while. It's yeah. not easy. You Charlie, know what I mean? You, you answered this wrong, man. We're going to leave with our wives. Oh, the, the, the root Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%.
and, and I mean that was funny. But we will hear, and the reason why I may not sound like English, and maybe we need a, a therapy and financial literacy segment that we can partner on. But if we're hearing rappers talking about selling drugs openly on air, why are we having these conversations about where this sounds like English to the culture? That's true. That's the fluency. Part. That's very true. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's why I said like we focus so much on just being literate, but like yeah, that's the ability to read and write. But now let's have the next conversation with. Yeah. We're actually fluent in the language. Absolutely. So it doesn't sound foreign to you anymore. Yeah. So you, that was a stock tip you just gave. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Got you. It was just a segue. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> We appreciate you guys. Yeah, so go to earnyalicia.com, markmondays.com, get your tickets. Um, Floyd Money Mayweather, we have a conversation with him. Don Peebles, billionaire yes. real estate developer. Jada Kiss will be performing. We got Peter Tuckman, we got Mouse Jones, we got Sussman, we got all of us. We're going to be there. You guys coming? And a bunch yeah. of surprises. And that was exclusive, by the way, that Floyd Mayweather is going to yeah. be having yes. that exclusive That's one on exclusive one on one. Exclusively dropped on a Breakfast Club. Love y'all. The champ. Hey, champ is here. We kids should do that. The champ is here. The champ is here. It. <laughs> it's Ernie Leisure. It's Ian Dunlap. It's the Breakfast Club. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.